Well, howdy! This podcast is a proud member of the PodCon Go Network. PodCon Go. Family-friendly shows that are fun for everyone. Welcome to Elderberry Tales. Grab your magnifying glass. It's time for another mystery. My Mom Detective, The Missing Salmon, by William Stair. Every fall, the Coho Explorers, that's the homeschool outdoor gang run by my mom, take a trip to the Issaquah State Salmon Hatchery, The hatchery is lots of fun and has been there a long, long time, since 1910. That was before any of my great-great-grandparents were even born. During the months of September and October, the coho salmon come back up the Issaquah Creek to spawn. That's one reason why we like it so much. The salmon and our gang have the same name. Oh, and the word spawn means to lay eggs that will become the next salmon. At the hatchery, we learned all about the lives of the salmon that come from the Issaquah Creek. They're born from tiny eggs that their mother lays in the gravel of the stream bed. For about a year, they hang around in the cool pools of the stream. And once they're big enough, they head for the ocean. What that means for the coho of Issaquah Creek is a journey to Lake Sammamish, then into the Sammamish River, which leads to Lake Washington and finally into Puget Sound at Seattle. All of this is freshwater until the cohos get to Puget Sound, which is part of the salty Pacific Ocean. What a journey. After two to three years of wandering the ocean, eating smaller fish unlucky enough to be nearby, they are fat and ready to go back to where they were born. It's kind of like playing a board game, where the idea is to get back to where you started. When they get back to Issaquah Creek, the mom digs a little nest in the gravel of the creek bed, and then the mom and dad lay the eggs and melt in the nest. Then mom covers the eggs so they will be safe. So far, so good. Now the sad part. Both mom and dad die shortly after they cover the eggs, so the kids never get to see their parents. We go to the hatchery in the fall because the moms and dads-to-be are coming home from the ocean, and there are lots of them trying to find places to lay their eggs. They are big and fat and red. They turn deep red as they make their journey home. There's a bridge across the creek right by the hatchery, and we can stand on it and see the big salmon slowly making their way upstream. There are always lots of birds there, too waiting for a chance to gobble up some tasty salmon eggs. Some of the salmon keep going up the creek, into the hatchery itself. These are caught by the workers there, who take the eggs and milt from the salmon and put them in big hatching tanks. While this is not the natural way salmon babies form, many more of them live to go to the ocean than do the ones laid in the creek. Millions more. From the bridge, We can not only see the salmon swimming, swishing back and forth in the shallow water, we can see a few of the salmon that have laid their eggs and died. Mom says they will be food for other animals that live on dead stuff. 
sad. But that's how nature works. Nothing really goes to waste. Last week, we were at the hatchery. Robert, Edison, Desmond, and I were on the beach, hoping to see the big salmon make little salmons. Look, shouted Edison, pointing. See that big one flicking the gravel with her tail? I think she's going to lay some eggs. There were two or three deep red daddy salmons waiting to see if she did. But no, she moved further upstream. Aw, the three of us said together. Three? I looked around. Desmond was gone. We looked both ways to see if he'd gone along the bridge path, either back to the parking lot or onto the hatchery buildings. No Desmond. There he is, cried Robert. I looked down the stream and sure enough, there was Desmond making his way along the edge of the creek. He stopped to look at a dead fish lying half underwater on the gravel bed. He gave it a tentative poke with a stick he'd picked up somewhere, then went on, disappearing around a bend just as I yelled for him to come back. I ran to the side of the bridge, then jumped off and began running along the creek bank. Suddenly, I remembered something. Turning, I yelled back to Robert. Go tell my mom. I'm following the creek to get Desmond. My mom had gone on ahead with two of the other cohos to see if there was any salmon on the fish ladder. Edison, come on! I added, motioning for him to follow me. Now, separating from the rest of the group by so much is definitely against the rules of the coho kids. But this was an emergency. Robert took off toward the hatchery buildings, and Edison jumped down at the edge of the bridge and was with me in seconds. Let's go, I said, and we plunged off along the bank, pushing the salmonberry canes and other brush out of our way as we went. This time, it was me, not Mom, stalking the quarry. The quarry is the thing you are hunting. In this case, Desmond. I imagined myself wearing the tweed deerstalker cap, just like Mom, and my secret hero, Sherlock Holmes. I have a book of illustrated Sherlock Holmes adventures at our house, and Mom and I read them together when it's late and we can't sleep. With the Seattle rain pattering in the background and Dad snoring like distant thunder, reading those Holmes mysteries is a real treat. My most favorite one is The Hound of the Baskervilles. Edison and I trudged on along the bank, looking here and there while calling Desmond's name. Sometimes I was in front, sometimes Edison. The creek wound back and forth, with the bank often hidden by a turn just ahead of us. It was at one of those turns, with Edison in front, that he stopped suddenly. I ran right into him, and we both fell down. I stumbled to my feet and was about to yell at Edison, when I saw why he stopped so fast. There was a big flat rock just ahead by the side of the creek. On it lay at least six big salmon. But most of their bodies were gone, not eaten away like a cat or a raccoon or a bird would do, but sliced away. It was a warm, dry day, and most of the rock was covered with the guts of the fish, their bones and fins, and many many buzzing flies. Whoa, was all that Edison would say at first. But then he said, do you think 
Desmond did this? Desmond doesn't like fish, he doesn't have a knife, and he wouldn't have enough time. He has to be somewhere nearby, I replied. I yelled again. Desmond! So did Edison. The fish mess all over the rock had me scared, and I think Edison was too. Neither of us wanted to go any further along the creek, which was deeper and running faster here. That's why we both gasped when we heard something coming through the bushes towards us. Whatever it was, was coming fast and making a lot of noise. Then suddenly, it was there, on the bank, next to the fishy rock. Desmond. He was panting, out of breath. His clothes were a mess, and he had scratches on his face, probably from running through the bushes. A single drop of blood stood out on his cheek. He opened his mouth, but no sounds came out, just more panting like our dog Trooper does when he runs around the yard chasing an invisible rabbit. Finally, Desmond caught his breath enough to whisper, I saw it. I finally really saw it, Armando. His eyes looked like ping pong balls about to pop out of his head. Saw what? I asked, also whispering. Bigfoot, the real true Bigfoot. Everybody knows there's no such thing as Bigfoot. It was all fake. It was the guy who wore giant rubber feet and stomped around at night pretending, shouted Edison. Desmond's eyes got even wider, and he looked up, high over our heads. I saw a twig snap behind me as Edison gulped. Hi, Mom. To say Mom was angry with us would be, as the adults say, an understatement. She was furious. No matter what excuse Desmond, I, or even Edison came up with, she was not satisfied. She especially didn't want to hear anything about Bigfoot. When we got home, Desmond and I were sent to our room to wait until Dad got back from work. Okay, Desmond, I said. Tell me about Bigfoot. Well, I was just walking along the creek, poking at the dead fish and kind of wondering what, dead, what a dead fish would taste like if I was a crow or a buzzard. Anyway, I found that big rock with all the fish guts on it. The one where you and Edison were standing when they came running back. I was looking at the fish and feeling a little scared when I heard a big noise on the other side of the creek. A big noise? Yeah, like a big sneeze. The kind Grandpa Bill sometimes does. Achoo! I had to laugh at this. Grandpa Bill's sneezes are famous for scaring people who aren't even in the same room. So I heard this big noise and got even more scared. I crawled into the bushes to hide. That's when I saw it. It came out of the bushes on the other side of the creek and began walking into the water. What does it look like? I asked, my mouth hanging open. It was ginormous, way bigger than Dad. It was covered in nasty-looking greenish fur with white spots in some places. And its face, 
was horrible. Most of it was covered with long, dirty hair and a big, long beard. Only its big red nose and wild eyes showed. It was kind of hard to see because I was hiding behind the bushes and it was swinging back and forth like a giant monkey as it walked across the creek. I scrambled farther into the bushes, away from the creek as it got closer. By the time it came out of the water, I could hardly see any of it all at all. It stopped by the flat rock and bent over the fish guts. It was making grunting, snuffling noises, and I could smell it. Awful. Then what happened? I kept crawling as quiet as I could until I got to a big tree I could hide behind. I could still hear it grunting, but then it went back across the creek. I could hear it splashing, so it must have been going fast. About the same time I heard Edison say something, so maybe you guys scared it away. You mean it was there just before we were? Yup. When I heard you, I ran back to where you were as fast as I could. I was going to warn you to run when Mom showed up. Now I was scared. We had just missed it. I have always had my doubts about Bigfoot and I hoped one day I would know for sure. But I never wanted to run into one in the woods without Mom and Dad. As I was thinking this, I heard a heavy clump, clump, clump coming up the steps. Dad's home! Well, my listeners, I am going to pause the story here at a bit of a cliffhanger. Do you know what a cliffhanger is? A cliffhanger is when you know that a big part of the story has already happened and something exciting is about to happen, but you don't really know what's going to happen next, and then it stops. And you have to wait. In this case, you have to wait until next week, until the next episode, to find out what happens next. So here's what we know so far. The kids were playing at the fish hatchery, and Desmond ran up the river, and the other kids followed, and then Desmond said he saw Bigfoot. Do you think it really was Bigfoot? What else could it be instead? Are the kids and their mom going to figure out the truth of this mystery? You'll just have to listen again next week and find out. I'll see you next week.